one of the common themes that run through all our teachings in this place is the subject of faith. By the grace of God, I have the gift of teaching in addition to the prophetic gift. So I'm able to explain spiritual processes and uh, proceedings and uh, the dynamics of the spirit. In other words, the forces and properties that stimulate growth within every given spiritual system or process. All my big English simply means the way things happen in the spirit. We're able to teach it so that the spiritual is no longer mysterious. You see, the spiritual is just like the natural, except that it is invisible and it is characterized with force. In other words, spiritual things are more intense because they have a bigger capacity because the natural is actually a product of the supernatural. So, spiritual things require higher level of energy than physical things. You need to understand that you can be physically alive and yet spiritually dead. In fact, that is the state of man. Man died spiritually. Then in the new birth, we were regenerated, recreated as spirits, though we still live in the body. The Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Not acts like spirit, not will become spirit, is spirit. So when you're born again, you are spirit. When you're not born again, you are flesh. The real you is a spirit, but you have a soul, which is the seat of your affections and your faculties, your mind, emotions, and will. And then you live in a body, but you are essentially spirit. Paul said, I put my body under, I put my body under, which means the I is the spirit man, the real you. That's why when your spirit man is dead, you are considered a dead man spiritually, though you can move about. Now, when you get born again, you're born a spirit. So, your experience is spiritual. But you will have to grow because you're born as a baby. And your thinking faculties, your mind, your body is still matured. So, it will try to dominate your spirit man. Though your spirit man is the real you, your flesh tries to bully you. Because the heir, as long as a child differed nothing from a slave at all, though he be lord of all. He's under tutors and governors. So you are under elementary laws, which are essentially things that regulate your natural lower life. But then you begin to feed on the sincere milk of the word, which is essentially a spiritual supply that gives you strength to express yourself as a spirit being. That process is what we call faith. And that is central to your entire spiritual experience. Everything that will happen must cross the line of faith before it will be approved by God. So faith has been the central theme of the church. The central theme of the New Testament. In fact, sometimes the whole New Testament is called faith or spirit. The purpose of faith is spirit anyway. Faith is how the spirit is deployed. Faith is how the spirit is expended. Faith is how the spirit is used. Please, I want you to be clear to everybody here that 
God is not hiding behind words to fool us. People of God. We establish that when we say something spiritual, it doesn't mean it's non-existent. And it should not increase ambiguity and vagueness because we say spiritual. The reality of the spiritual are clear for us to see in the Bible. So we can identify things and say, this is this, this is this, so that nobody will fool us. You know, people who want to control and manipulate you, I mean people who claim to be prophets and want to control and manipulate you, will have to keep feeding your superstition. Because that creates a dependency on them so they can control you. But you know the truth. And the truth says, if the truth is the word of God, we live by the word and we are led by the Holy Spirit. And we must close every gap between the natural and the supernatural with reality, the reality of the word of God and the reality of the person and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit so clearly that there is no place left for deception so that the things we say are spiritual, we can know them intimately and believe them. And it's our responsibility to understand these things clearly and lay a grasp or a grip on them. So that it's not like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's because you don't have faith. I know. I mean, I don't have faith too. And that ends it. They say it's faith too. So we are like, oh, this faith, faith thing. People of God, why do we want to be children? Bible says, when it comes to malice, we should be infants. But when it comes to wisdom, we should be men. And you cannot be in a charismatic church and be ignorant of the things of the spirit. The word is taught and the spirit is dispensed. Spiritual energies are expended. I'm talking about the gifts and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Endowment of supernatural energy. We see God's grace manifest so clearly and we match the word with the spirit. So that the word verifies and authenticates the spirit. And the spirit validates the word by confirming the word with the power. You can be in a church like this by the grace of God. And choose ignorance. And choose to be a spiritual infant. Because... Even our prophetic service, look at what I'm doing. I'm teaching first. Before we get into the ministration of the spirit. Why? So that I don't leave you to the typical Ghanaian African superstition. They told me that they are trying to put hypertension on me. Who are they? They They are trying to put this on me. They are trying to make sure my business doesn't work. And even the intellectuals. The thing is like a kind of stronghold mental stronghold that when you're an african once you are a black man the superstition forms the basis of your spirituality people of god it is wrong the word of god must form the basis of your spirituality aw toza said something i just spotted a bible in the bookshop aw toza's bible which is actually i suppose a Bible that has a lot of expositions and articles by A.W. Tozer. And what is written on the Bible is understanding 
the word of God clearly and following it religiously is the shortest route. Okay, we say route. The American says route. Is the shortest route or route to all spirituality. And I'm like, wow. Understanding the word of God clearly and following it religiously is the shortest route to all spirituality or perfection. So now, let's handle the subject faith. Faith is so important. The Bible says anything which is not of faith is sin. If I do anything which is not of faith is sin. You know why? It means it's in the flesh. Faith is also so important. The Bible says that all things are possible to he that believe it. So it's a realm of all possibility. Then the Bible also says that without faith it's impossible. Not it's difficult. It's impossible to please God. So these three scriptures shows us the importance of faith. I've already said that faith is central to your entire spiritual life. The Bible actually says that just shall live by faith. And Paul explained that. You know, you find that three times in the Bible. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 Then he said that again in the book of Romans and said that again in Galatians 3.11 The just shall live by faith. And Habakkuk first said it. And Paul explained it. That the life of the believer is faith. This scripture does not only mean that you will use your faith to make a living. Yes, it includes that. But essentially, he's saying that your life is your faith. What you are calling your life is actually your faith. And your faith is your life and your life is your faith. It's as simple as that. A believer's life is his faith. Are you here? We'll come back to this scripture. So faith is so important. I have about 20 messages. If you go to the bookshop now, or you take the catalog of my messages, I have about 20 messages directly on the subject of faith. And other titles that alluded or that referred to faith. Yesterday in a meeting, I was telling the people that I still feel I have not done justice to the teaching on the subject of faith because i want that mystery of faith to be revealed to be crystal clear so that every believer can tell that this is faith and then have a grip on it and say okay faith is discernible and attainable it's something I can clearly discern whenever I see it or whenever I want to find it, I can find it. And because I know what it is, I know it, I will be able to lay hold on it or get it or set in motion certain things that will culminate in faith or I can add to it or deploy it. But if we don't know what faith is, then, when we have a situation where we fail or we are not able to achieve the desired result for lack of faith, we wouldn't know what to do. We already know that faith comes by hearing. So, even if you don't have faith, you can have faith by hearing the word of God. But we also know that the hearing there is not just hearing with your ear. Though that is the entry point, your physical ear. It is 
a hearing which is deeper than just oh he said this it is a revelation hearing not just with your ear but hearing with your heart so if i want faith i must be hearing and then we know that it is the word of god that produces faith so we must be hearing the word of god in other words we must be hearing truth people think that once you believe something the thing has become true and so they think that they can use their faith to qualify truth Uh -uh. the thing must be true first before you start believing it and the only thing that is true is the word of god so you must be sure that it is the word of god it's interesting to know that when a preacher is preaching it's not everything he says that is truth because truths are encapsulated in facts and then facts are also hiding in the bigger circle of lies so you now have to eat the food you take everything in and then you begin to digest it and break it down move from lies to facts and then zero in on truth which when it enters your spirit clicks produces what we call conviction of faith i will actually encourage you to get our series on faith and start to study them but my point here today is though i've taught so much on faith i feel i have not cracked down the mystery of faith because i felt i have not exhausted the core principles of faith and also i wanted to know that one thing that one thing that is responsible for faith there are so many things that play to make faith but i wanted that one word for faith and also as it were yeah i wanted to know the exact thing that it is now the definitions in the bible in themselves suggest that this thing is broad so there's not just one definition that does justice to it the closest being hebrews 11 1 but from hebrews 11 1 to 3 it gives us a working definition for faith and these are three fat verses then in romans chapter 4 from verse 17 to the end the bible tries to capture abraham's faith and explains what faith is like actually the whole of hebrews 11 shows us the dynamics of faith so today what i want to do is help crack down this thing called faith we look at it with an eagle's eye we just break it put it in focus and say this is it and then we get back to playing around it expanding it and then trying to i mean endeavoring to exhaust the core principles of faith now i try to find the basic unit of the divine life and i knew it hung somewhere between the word of god and the spirit of god but i wanted a blend or an intercession between the word and the spirit and locate the basic unit of god's life just like in every organism you can find the basic unit of that life we call the cell 
We can't say the life is the blood because there's some organisms that don't have blood. So the basic unit of life is what is called the cell. The cell is the structural and functional unit of an organism. That's where the life is. The smallest part of any organism you can say this life is the cell. I tried to find that about God. Why would you do such a thing? Oh, I needed to do that because I realized that when we got born again, he gave us his life. And it's an abundant life. But I know it comes in measures. Some have plenty of it. Some are just barely making it. So I wanted to find out exactly the smallest unit. I wanted to find out what is responsible for the life of a believer. And I found out, concluding, you know, gathering from my observation of the ways of God and my study of the word of God, I've concluded that the basic unit of God's life in any human being is this thing called faith. How relevant is this? Look at it. As a believer, there are things you do and the whole thing, it can be as big as anything, is reduced to nothing or canceled or nullified because it was not done by faith. So I was trying to look for that minimum requirement in the divine that passes any test. And I found out that it's faith. Everything that a man will do in the sight of God, it must pass a particular test. Did you realize that in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, everything all the people did, this is just a chronicle of all the greatest men in the Bible. You have it in this chapter, Hebrews 11. And everything they did, whether it was bravado, holiness, obedience, persistence, Everything they did, the Bible said it was faith. Abel gave an offering, they said it was faith. That made his offering excellent. Somebody built an ark, they said it was his faith. Somebody was just holy. Enoch, they said it was his faith. Somebody raised the dead, obviously it was faith. Or just quenched the violence of fire. Faith. Somebody just obeyed Abraham and went to a promised land, they said it was faith. Everything they did, that was commendable. God said it was faith. In other words, everything we do for it to be approved, it had to pass the test of faith. And so I was trying to find out what is that thing called the faith? That is an essential ingredient in anything we do for it to meet that basic requirement of God. Or God's approval. By it the elders were approved. By faith the elders were approved. That will meet God's approval. Or that will please God. That will say this is correct. You need to remember that anything that is not of faith is sin. In other words, anything you do which is not faith is cancelled. It's equal to zero. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's zero. So I am saying that I want to find out. Since faith is the acid test for everything in God. I want to find out 
what that faith is. What am I supposed to do to meet that basic requirement that God will call this faith? Is it not a good pursuit? I know some of you just wish that, oh, just preach it and we will just agree and that's okay. You don't need to explain every process. Now, this is the problem. My introduction was long enough because we don't want to leave you to ambiguity and to superstition. If you don't know what it is, you will just be a superstitious person and you think you are spiritual. And for donkey years, you are a baby in Christ, but you think you are spiritual, but you are just superstitious. Because you don't know the reality of the things. You don't understand them. If we have light in every house, and this house doesn't have light, we have credit, but there's no light. And there's light in every other house. Only few of us here can fix the problem. We have been living with this light all our life. But we don't know anything about fuse. We can't fix anything. But we think we know it. Oh, we know it's light. Oh, we know it's light. So then, when the light goes off, and there's light everywhere. It's not general light off. There's light in every house. There's no light here. And we have credit. We went to check. We have credit. So maybe one of these things has stripped off. Okay, so if it's up, just bring it down. So you went and tried to bring it down and the thing won't come down. Or the thing came down and there was still no light. Then you are stuck. Because you see, you don't really know it. Now, in the study of faith, you would realize, like we studied last time, that the reason why faith is complete in itself is faith takes no for an answer. So when faith comes this way and this door is closed, it will look for another, the other door. If the other door is closed, we said it here, you will knock. If you knock and nobody's opening, you may go look for the key. If you can't get a key, you don't just stop. The key is not there because he won't take no for an answer. Am I correct? So he will break the door. Or if the door is unbreakable, he may want to go through the window. We said that the other time. Or he will want to remove the roof or even try to break the wall. So, with faith, it is comprehension. You have a full grip. So that you can go around it. You know how to get this thing. If this is not working, use this, use this, use this. Until it works. Because of this, it is necessary that... You have enough knowledge of or enough discernment to figure the situation out. And when we get into the processes of faith, you realize that the Bible actually says, faith is an understanding. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We also said that faith is a perspective. The centurion's faith was actually his perspective. Unique perspective. People didn't see it that way. The woman with the issue of blood. Her personal point of view, unique, adaptive to her situation. Oh, that brings the difference between the general faith and your faith. Now, the Habakkuk 4.2, which was on the screen, is different from the one in Galatians and the one in Romans. The just shall live by faith. It said thrice in the Bible. But the Habakkuk 1, Habakkuk 2.4, look at it very well. He didn't say the just shall live by faith. He said the just shall live by his faith. Now, when you get born again, 
Jesus gives you a measure of faith. It is the best faith. It is also called the first faith. Bible says some people have cast away their first faith. That's the best faith. Building yourself on your most holy faith. That's called the most holy faith. Because we have different faiths. You may have faith for something that I don't have faith for. And it's okay. You may have faith for business. And I have faith for ministry. That's okay. That kind of faith is different. It's your personal faith. But there's a faith that God gave you, which is the most holy faith, which is the common faith you have. That one has got to do with your heart condition before God. And it is the word of God that discerns your heart condition at a time. So, the God will put the word in your heart, or you put the word in your heart, and the word will first empower your heart to be right with God, but will also test the condition of your heart. Because it's the designer of the thoughts. So, generally, faith is the condition of your heart. Actually, the word faith is pistis. In fact, the word faith, throughout the whole of the Bible, means steadfastness or faithfulness which means your trust in god your heart is right with god you believe god you trust god that is the one that saved us that's saving faith but then after that you begin to build on your most holy faith and you begin to develop your own unique faith for things and you will get results that nobody else is getting because he is not believing God for it. Maybe he doesn't need it. Maybe his peculiar experience alienates him from that. Before we get into our climax or our main thrust, let me just come back to what faith is faith is the condition of your heart faith is the condition of your heart with god your steadfastness with god when your heart is right with god we call that faith and it's basically your trust in god whether it's aggressive or it's just reserved once your heart is right with god that's called faith and that happens when you are born again because your heart cannot be right with god when you're not born again we call that righteousness that's why righteousness is by faith your right standing with god the heart condition is right you trust in god but we also said that the word of god is what impacted that life called the faith so you need the word of god to keep your heart the way it was recreated it conditions. How many of you know a conditioner? The conditioner that the ladies put in their hair. It keeps the hair at certain condition, right? The way you want it. It keeps it soft and silky. So that's what the word of God does to it. That is basic. Then you know, GD4, we are believers. We are going to heaven. But now you want to do stuff. Your child is sick. It's not my child that is sick. 
Bible says, by faith, women had their children raised to death. It didn't say Elijah's faith raised the child. Because it was not Elijah's child that was dead. So Elijah's desperation couldn't be like the woman. He didn't need to raise that child too badly. It was the woman who needed that badly. You need a scholarship to do your master's overseas. Because you can't pay. Even rich people know that nobody pays for those kind of things nowadays. Are you here? So, you need the faith for it. The other guy is not going to school. So, he doesn't care. So, it has to be your faith. Not the common faith. How many of you are getting what I'm saying? That kind of faith that you develop for your personal life as to what you want to achieve what you want to do where you want to go what you want to accomplish in life is what habakkuk is talking about that they just shall live by his faith what i want to live small or live big what i want to have one building or have several estates it depends on your faith ask for god whatever you want if you bring a teacup He'll feel it. If you bring a battle, he'll feel it. So let's open it up. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We say faith is a condition of your heart. Being steadfast with God. That's general faith. The one we have in Christ. God born again. But then, your faith is the strength of your inner man. How you have been able to develop your spiritual capacity to move things, to believe for things, that the ordinary people won't believe God for. And it is a function of your peculiar and unique experience. You remember the centurion? He was a soldier. And he saw a lot of stuff in the military. And he said, come on. Here, we just give commands and things happen. And it worked for him. He said, Jesus, look, you know what? What are you talking? You don't have to come to my house. First of all, I'm not even clean. Secondly, in the military, you just give commands when things happen, oh. And Jesus says, wow. But it was his unique perspective. That is why everybody in life, wherever you are, God will use your environment and your circumstance to teach you a unique faith. Adaptive to your condition. So then, you have the choice of sitting still and die or exploring things. Give yourself some fresh air. Acquaint yourself with some new experiences. Because you need to see some stuff so you can desire some things. That's where exposure comes in. That is where listening to people who are doing what you want to do comes in. That is where reading books and, and visiting places open your mind. So, can you ask for a yogurt if you have never even heard that there is anything called yogurt? Will you even feel for it? So then, you begin to now go on an expedition, exploration. Let me find out what is available. And then you tailor that according to your size. Oh, you didn't get this one. You tailor it according to your size. Because the faith must be according to the size of the capacity of your inner man, your ability to believe it. Otherwise, you'll be saying fantastic things. You know, by Tuesday, 
I will get 590 houses. Oh, my friend. You don't have one house yet. You are not doing any work. You are not into any deal. Nothing. Say that you are going to get a house next Tuesday. But 350 houses. Somebody is already into real estate. His experience alone, the environment now gives him leverage. So he can say, I am buying 300 houses next week to resell. That's how come people call some things faith which are not faith. They are just presumptions. Because it's a personal thing. So it has to fit you. It's like you're wearing a dress that you cannot even walk in because the thing is too big for you. That's not faith. That's, you're a little bit crazy. How do I know it's faith? If you have the conviction. You have the evidence. Faith is the force of your inner man. Faith is the ability to pursue God's will without losing momentum. Faith is the wisdom to navigate one's course to achieve God's promise. God has given you a promise. And you have to navigate your way to get it. The wisdom to do that is your faith. How does faith come? We already say it's the condition of your heart. Your spirit man. So what do you do? What conditions your heart? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Number two. The atmosphere or the environment, whether you like it or not, it will always affect you. We said here yesterday, I was referring to some teaching I gave at a wedding, and I was talking about why you should belong to a church and be part of it because God creates support systems. And I was talking about ecology. Ecology is the study of the relationship and interactions between living organisms and their natural or artificial habitat which is their place what that means is that if you want to move a fish from the river to another place you must replicate its natural habitat any animal any organism you have is alive because of its environment when you destroy its natural environment you kill the living organism with time so if you want to change his environment you have to recreate that environment for him people of god he has been our dwelling god has been our dwelling in all ages when you change your place in your year you see when you move out of god so the place where faith thrives is in god in the word of god in the spirit of god in the anointing so uh, the word of God is one. We talk about atmospheres and environment. I said that already. That you hang around people of faith, you get faith. Hang around people who have done what you are trying to do. So the environment. Because your spirit man needs a certain kind of experience. To become what you want it to become. And it's not just hearing. Sometimes you have to see the thing. I'm telling you. The visual impact is stronger crowd than the hearing. You have to go see some things. It will change you. I remember one of my younger brothers was playing with his mathematics and yes, he said he wanted to be an engineer. And the father took him to the airport. And they took him to, you know, 
to see how the engineers really work on the aircraft. It changed his life. All the plenty talking was over. Then the level of inspiration. This thing is the breath of God. And you get it in God's presence. God's anointed people, but also in prayer. Did you realize that people who pray a lot have some crazy faith? You know why? Because of their spiritual experience. When you are praying, you are actually there in the supernatural. So, you get acquainted with the supernatural. So, believing God for supernatural things is easy. So, the atmosphere and environment. Then, words you hear consistently. Bible says, take heed to what you hear. And take heed to how you hear. Because what you hear consistently, you will believe eventually. Right? The next one is the breadth of knowledge. We're talking about that. I'm just giving them to you in PowerPoints or itemized so that you will be able to write. Those who are writing. The next thing is the breadth of knowledge. You see, the Holy Ghost is looking for expression in you. And your mind can become the limitation. That's why you have to read. You have to be exposed. The church used to be in bamboo sheds and we clap our hands. We clap all day and close. As far as we are concerned, all the Holy Ghost wants is praises, clapping, and that ends it. In fact, they would dance with all their might, dance to be tired enough to sleep when the preacher starts. And the preacher too is not really saying anything. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise the God of Israel. He's not saying anything. And so, at the end of the sermon, you haven't benefited anything in service. Nobody can do anything with what he got. Because... The church used to think that the Holy Ghost just fills you and that's all. You don't do anything with it. But the Holy Ghost looks for expression and your mindset becomes a limitation. The same Holy Ghost in Oyedepo is the same Holy Ghost in all of us here. The same. It's not a different Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost has free expression because the man has read wide. So he knows what. In a postgraduate class, Stephen Covey asks the students, doctorate class. How do you handle a teenage son who is so troublesome and will never listen? How do you handle him? The best student gave two different ways you can handle. So if you try the two and it doesn't work, you are stuck. Then Stephen Covey said, I will show you 17 ways. Of course, he's a master at it. I'll show you 17 ways. So you take this tool, it doesn't work, you take this. You, take, you are into business, and you try this not working, and then you're stuck. Because that's all you know. You're stuck. Maybe the next thing is, you're looking for a prophet to bless some olive oil for you. And when you go and apply the things not working, you look for a more powerful prophet. And when he applies it, and it works for a week, and then you plateau again, you look for another prophet. Or, you pray some more. And, we are not making fun of prayer, the power of prayer, or the power of the anointing oil. But we're just saying that the breadth of knowledge is one of the things that can increase your faith. Vision. You see, faith needs expression. Last month, actually, God asked me to teach. Uh, I was ministering in some church, and God actually, he said, this myth about big faith. Manasseh, I want you to disabuse people of it. 
No big faith anywhere that anybody should be waiting for. I said that if your faith is as small as a master seed, you can command the mountain to move. So it's small seed that people keep using consistently. And it does things. But people never use their faith. And they just sit down thinking that one day, the faith of Abraham will just land on them. Seeds are always small. You sow it and then it grows. So, the next one is understanding. We talk about discernment. You're able to find your way around it. Wisdom. And then the last one is the experience. What is your need? That's your need. It's not our need. So, you got to do the believing. Look, all through the Bible, Jesus says, your faith. And you could see that it was not Jesus who determined what. So, he said, your faith has made you... People were saying, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, they said, your faith, your faith, your faith. Does it mean Jesus didn't heal them? Jesus has always been the healer in all eternities. So he's been healing anyway. So why didn't you get healed? Because you didn't apply your faith. Faith is receiving. It's your faith. And you need to tailor your faith according to your peculiar need. And what do you want? And that is why nobody can do that for you. What are you believing God for today? What is it that you want God to do? You can release your faith. Amen. I think this message is a good message. We all have to get a series and listen to again. Amen. And I'll come back to teach on faith. Surely. So for example... Pastor Theodore needs faith for a car. What is he supposed to do? Who knows what he's supposed to do? Let's simplify it so that everybody will understand these things. Pastor Theodore needs a car and he knows he can get everything by faith. If he has the money to buy the car, then he doesn't need faith. Because what you can see, you don't need faith anymore. He already has the money, so he doesn't need faith, right? So he doesn't have the money, but he wants to buy a car. And he needs faith for the car. How is he going to get a faith? If you know, it just raise your hand. And it's not good, just one thing he's supposed to do. What are some of the things you think he should do to get a faith for the car? Yes. Okay, he should go to a driving school. Okay. Okay, that's correct. But that's very advanced. Yes. He should look for the type of car he wants. Okay, that's also correct, but it's advanced. Yes. We are talking about how does he increase his faith? How does he get the faith for it? He should practice the word of God more. He says you should download the word more. You should put the word more in your heart because faith comes by hearing. Okay, that's basic. That's correct. That's the first thing. Faith comes by hearing. So he needs to hear the word of God. Uh huh. You are a teacher. Your fellow teacher, same salary. He got a car. I also want a car. How did you get yours? You see, unless you're in a competition or there's rivalry. And you would find out that it was not his brother overseas that sent him money. He will show you how it worked. I said, no, it's just. Do you have an account? He asked you, how is your account like? So I put money in, I withdraw. It's so fine. I just spoke to the bank and they gave me an auto loan. And the deduction is negligible. I don't even feel it. They said, wow. Simple. You're on your way to get your car. 
Talk to me, yes. What does he need to do? Yeah. He will sow seeds. Now, that is a demonstration of his faith. Amen? He says, okay, the car I need is 20,000 cities. So he takes 2,000 Ghana. That's big for him. Maybe that's his two-month salary. But he also knows that 2,000 Ghana cities can never buy a car. Not in this age or the age to come. So you do what? If what is in your hand is not big enough to be called a harvest, turn it into a seed. You sow a seed. Uh-huh. Who knows what you should do? Oh, declaration of faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And the things which are seen are not made of things we do appear. So every day, he will declare. This time, let's not mention 4 by 4 yet. Because maybe his salary is maybe just 500 Ghana. So we are looking at a saloon, right? So we're looking at a used car too, not brand new, right? If he wants brand new, that's okay. But your faith will get there later, okay? We said you cut your coat according to your spiritual size. If you can believe God for it, that's okay, right? Hello. So you do what? Every day you wake up, you say, my Mercedes-Benz compressor 200. Gee, the guy's faith is high. <laughs> so every day he wakes up, Mercedes-Benz. In fact, I was going to buy some cool saloon cabbies, some cool Korean, you know, slightly used, nice, cute car. But his faith is so big, he's going straight for the German automobiles. Okay, so compressor 200, Mercedes. You see, I see it parked in the garage. I see it. I see it. And interestingly, sometimes you may get your Korean car before the Mercedes will come, but it will come anyway. We talk about the delivery system of the spirit the other day oh it's good to be in this church all right okay yes let's finish up what is he supposed to do we're helping everybody know what to do people of god you don't get frustrated and you don't just like you're looking for another prophet no no show me where that is in the new testament show me where it is show me in your bible and i'll say go ahead and do it but i'm telling you what is in the bible yes Okay, he is saying that you have to count the cost. Because we said that faith is just trying to get around the thing, right? And there are many ways you can do it. Sometimes you can do it by saving. So you know the cost and you know this, how much you spend and you can save towards it, right? Hello? If faith can make you go and take a loan from bank, can faith make you to save? Amen, you can also save. So it's an option. But you need to know the cost of the car and then you know what you're believing God for. Uh-huh. Yes. You must visit the car or you must see it to increase your faith. Uh-huh. You have to locate the word of God that gives you such a promise. Now, a lot of people are not able to believe because there's no basis for their belief. They say, I believe, I believe. It's not like, okay, look at me. Okay, prophet, I believe now. I believe, oh no. If the word is not there, the believing won't believe. It's like you're looking for a germination without a seed. So, your belief is based on a specific word. So, the way you know whether you believe or not is first of all to just check if you, there's any word in your spirit concerning that promise. Uh-huh. It applies for healing and everything. Yes. Okay, some will get a toy of that model and be looking at it and prophesying. Sometimes you write those things on your refrigerator so you can see it by your bed and things like that. Achieving your dreams, you always know you have to be seeing it, yeah. 
yeah, you have to rub in a lot of people so that, you know, it's interesting. Listen to this. Every human being is four persons away from the other. We've said it here before. In other words, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that can take you straight to Obama's house. In Ghana here, most of us are just two persons away from everybody. I'm serious about this. So anything you need, that big man you want to see, the person in charge of this. But because we don't keep relationships, we don't place premium on relationship, we're always looking for things. We don't have anybody. What do you mean by you don't have anybody? When you are just four persons away from every human being on earth. So he's saying that rope other people in. You talk to one, two, three guys. Sometimes you just take your phone and scroll down. Look at all the names on your phone. You will find somebody. That's why Mike Maddox said the best way to save people's contact. Don't just say, Kojo Asamwa. Say, Kojo Asamwa Mechanic. Kojo Asamwa Carpet. Kojo Asamwa U.S. Embassy. So, he's talking about desire. Strong desire. Sometimes your faith is just a strong desire. Okay? In psychology, they call it self-fulfilling prophecy. The psychologists don't understand how somebody can just desire something uh, and believe something uh, and the thing will happen. So they look at it and uh, they say, well, self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> okay, yes. You pray. When you ask God, you must expect that he's coming, right? So you pray. Okay, yes. Okay, I'll take the last one, yes. Okay, alright. Okay, that's general though. But it's correct. Has somebody been helped today in any way? 